Some things never change and others just remain the same. And that's the way it is for the core principles of osteopathic medicine. Since its inception, those core principles have not changed. Those principles include the concept that the body is a unit of mind and spirit that is capable of self-regulation, self-healing, and health maintenance, and the structure and function of the body are interrelated. And the human body has the amazing ability to heal itself. Howdy everybody, this is Dr. Lynn Phillips with Osteopaths on Air, a podcast sponsored by the Oklahoma Osteopathic Association. This is episode seven entitled, A Fight for Survival of the series of the life and times of Andrew Taylor Still, the father of osteopathic medicine. In our previous episodes, we described how frontier physician Andrew Taylor Still arrived at the basic core principles of osteopathic medicine and why he founded that first school of osteopathic medicine as a radical protest against the abysmal care that was being provided at the turn of the century. Now, in this episode, we will tell you how the fledgling new profession faced stiff opposition from the well-established medical community during the first half of the 20th century. The relationship of the osteopathic and traditional medical professions was often bitterly contentious throughout the first half of the 20th century. In fact, the policy of the American Medical Association was to label osteopathic medicine as a cult. However, patients were the best advocates for osteopathic medicine. One notable advocate was none other than Mark Twain. In testimony before the New York State Assembly, Regarding the licensure of osteopathic physicians, Mr. Twain stated, I have heard the MDs hope to drive the osteopaths out of this state. Well, it somehow seems to me there's a little touch of self-interest going on here. People are simply curing people, and it seems to me that you're afraid it'll bust up your little business. Gentlemen, to ask an M.D. his opinion of osteopathy is equivalent to going to Satan for information about Christianity. At the same time, there was a lobbying effort that prevented osteopathic physicians from serving in the military. Although the inability to join the troops during the World Wars was discouraging for many D.O.'s, it ended up becoming a boon to the profession. Now, this story was related to me back in the mid-1980s by an older osteopathic physician when he said, Our MD brethren thought that they'd pull quite a little coup by keeping the DOs out of the military, but I guess in reality their effort actually backfired. While so many MDs were away from home, well, all the medical care in the small communities across the country had to be provided by the DOs. Yes, we delivered babies, we treated sickness, and we did surgeries. 
It was actually the first opportunity that many people had in our small communities to receive osteopathic medical care, and the patients were really quite pleased. He then laughed and continued. And another thing happened. It finally allowed people to realize that osteopaths were not devils with horns and a tail like they had been led to believe. And then finally, when the local MDs did return back home after the war, well, a lot of those patients stayed with us and remained our loyal patients ever since. But it was not until the mid-60s that the battle over service in the military ended for osteopathic physicians. In 1966, osteopathic physicians were granted full practice rights in the military. And then came the real coup de grace, which occurred in 1996. Lieutenant General Ronald Blank, an osteopathic physician, was appointed Surgeon General of the United States Army. Another failed assault on the osteopathic profession also occurred in the 1960s when the American Medical Association spent millions of dollars in California trying to end the practice of osteopathic medicine in the state. The California Medical Association began to issue MD degrees to all DOs that were practicing in the state at the time. And then they simultaneously re-accredited the University of California at Irvine School of Osteopathic Medicine as an MD school, and then finally placed a ban on issuing any further licensures to DOs attempting to move to California. But once again, the coup failed, and after numerous lawsuits, full medical licensure was returned to DOs in the state of California. You know, it puts a smile on my face to recall the times years ago that as a medical student, I happened to meet an older D.O. surgeon who was practicing in California in the 60s. He would give a deep, throaty laugh, and then he'd tell us medical students, Why, an M.D. degree, it ain't nothing special. In fact, in the 60s, you could purchase one by mail order for just $65. He would then proceed to produce his old M.D. license, issued by the state of California from his billfold. Well, I guess it's safe to say that over the past 50 years, the hard feelings and old fences between DOs and MDs have been mended. Today, osteopathic physicians have full practice rights in all 50 states, and DOs are on staff in all of our nation's most prestigious medical institutions and work alongside their MD colleagues in harmony. Today, it seems astounding that from that first single medical school that A.T. still started in 1892, America now has 36 osteopathic medical schools and they produce over 25% of the medical graduates in the U.S. each year. Today, 
MDs and DOs are trained alongside each other in residencies accredited by the American Medical Association and the American Osteopathic Association. So the moral of the story is, Andrew Taylor Still was a visionary, and despite tragedy, ridicule, and hardship, he changed the practice of medicine and the care of patients for the better. And that, my friends, again puts a smile on my face. And I'm also sure it would make the father of osteopathic medicine, Andrew Taylor Still, awfully proud. This is Dr. Lynn Phillips with Osteopaths on Air, a podcast sponsored by the Oklahoma Osteopathic Association saying thank you. Thank you for listening to our series on Andrew Taylor Still, the father of osteopathic medicine. Hey, we hope that you have enjoyed it, and we invite you to join us next time for more stories about osteopathic medicine on Osteopaths on Air.